episode 49 of the Photon Podcast. This time we're talking 10 meters, 1010 International Net, and more fun on 10 coming up. MTCRadio.com presents Photon, the other ham radio podcast. Found online at photimepodcast.com. Now, here's your host, Kale Nelson, K4CDN. Yeah, welcome into the 49th episode. And, you know, I'm thinking about this. This seems like a really, really big deal. We're coming up on actually the two-year, 24-month anniversary of the podcast, and 50 is just looming out there. Uh, if you've been here for a long time, you know that uh, this kind of all started as a really poor internet inside joke. And it's blossomed into something far greater than that. What has it become? Well, if you're a brand new listener, this is the Photon Podcast. It's the podcast that caters to the new guy, new gal, individual coming into the amateur radio hobby, looking to learn more about the depths that this hobby actually has, how far it goes. It's amazing how deep this this rabbit hole goes and it's just a single hobby with millions of branches and we're just now getting started exploring those so we thank you for coming in my name is kale my call is kilo four charlie delta november i am in south carolina you probably figured out that pretty quickly about the third word that i said but anyway we've been doing this for almost right at two years this is episode 49 we invite you to go check out all of our episodes they're all there at photimepodcast.com and when you get there if you don't want to listen through your iPhone or your Droid device you can click the podcast player tab at the top and allow you to go backwards and forwards in the history of the show and you can determine which one you'd like to listen to you can listen to it right there on the site if you prefer a different route of course you can use your iPhone Android device your tablets your computers uh, there's also an RSS feed there on the left hand side of the page if you'd like to go there and just kind of scroll through and see what we've been talking about over the last two years but anyway we're here again and I just say thank you I thank you for all the all the greatness that you guys have poured into this show over the last two years it's been a lot of fun so far and again, my name is Kale. I'm the host of the program, and this did start out as a really bad internet joke that turned into a really cool podcast. And the reason that it kind of became what it was is because of you, the listener. And uh, thank you all who have been participating with us. And thank you again to our friends at MTC Radio. They are the official show sponsor. They've been with us before we even had a show. I know that sounds ridiculous. There's a story to that. We'll maybe we'll tell it one of these days, but if you don't know it, uh, I approached them and said, hey, my name's Kale. I want to start a podcast about amateur radio, and I'd like for you to sponsor me. Uh, I don't have any material for you to listen to yet, but uh, I will, and it's going to be really cool, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. And, and that's what happened. So if you need radio gear, well, let me just say this. The reason I approached MTC Radio, uh, a lot of things on, on an internet forum that I participate in, a lot of great stories about how great they were and they took care of their customers and they, and they went above and beyond in customer service. I did some business with them. I got the same results. And I'm just the kind of guy that if I'm going to have someone support me or if I'm going to, to have someone stand with me, partner with me, I want them to be of the utmost integrity the highest moral standards, and that's what I found with the folks at mtcradio.com, and that's why I had no problem when I decided to podcast who I would go out and get to help support the show. So I can unequivocally tell you that they are some of the finest people in the amateur radio business. If you need some gear, that's where I would start. Before we get into the program, I just want to stop right here and say thank you. Uh, you guys have just completely 
blown me away. I mean, it doesn't make any sense what you guys have done to help me get to Dayton. Um, Stay-at-home dad, zero-income kind of guy, and you guys have just showed up in, in a massive way and, and blessed me. For, for no, I have no other term to use uh, to, to get to Dayton, to help me get to Dayton. Uh, funded the crowdfunder 211%. <laughs> it's insane. It's completely insane what you guys have done. And I, I want to say thank you uh, again. If you don't know what we're talking about, this is your first time in. Um, Dayton Hamvention is the nation's biggest ham radio event coming up in May. Um, I am a stay-at-home dad, single-income family, have five kids. Uh, I don't have money to go do stuff like that, but we really wanted to get the program there. A lot of the listeners were asking to have the program, the Photon Podcast, there. So we put the put it back in the uh, into the listeners' hands. We passed the plate, if you will, and through a uh, generosity.com giving scenario thingamabob there, uh, you funded it 211%. I'm just, I'm just floored, and I don't, I don't know what to say. And Kel doesn't come up and, and run out of words. He doesn't. That doesn't. Ask my wife. It doesn't happen. I don't not have things to say. But at this this point, this this period, this time, I'm just completely floored. I'm so honored. I'm so humbled that uh, that you thought enough of me to to give to this. And and we're going to make it great for you. I, I'm I'm really excited. We are we have begun working uh, in earnest to make this an awesome experience for the folks at Dayton who come by and see us. We're going to be doing interviews at Dayton. Uh, Jeremy's going to be man on the street. Kel's going to be dude in the booth. George is going to be there with his pack 10 antennas. Sarah Tibbetts is coming. Um, John Pugliano is going to be there. Um, Bruce Jewett's going to be there. So we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be at, I think it's uh, Bravo, uh, Bravo Alpha 406, I think is the number. Check the show notes. I, I have dyslexia, so I, sometimes I turn stuff around. But we're going to be in Dayton at the Hamvention, and, and Kel's going to be there because of you, the listener of the Photon Podcast. Just completely humbly floored, and, and thank you so much. Now, in the midst of all of that, someone contacted me, um, and it was completely unsolicited. It was just a listener who decided to send an email. That's that's how this stuff works. You know, I've got an email address. You can contact me anytime. I'm pretty responsive, by the way. <laughs> so uh, I got an email from a gentleman named Keith. His call is Kilo Romeo 7 Romeo Kilo, which I really like. That KR7RK is Keith Schlotelman. I think I might have just mispronounced it, but I pronounced it correctly when I actually talked to Keith. But anyway, I'm sorry. Um, I'm really bad with names. But Keith contacted me and said, hey, would you do you think you'd be interested in talking about 10 meters on your show? Well, of course, of course we are. And, and one of the reasons we're so interested in 10 meters here is because we have a lot of new people who are just getting licensed, coming to their technician's license, and uh, they want to get on HF. Well, that's always not the easiest thing to do, except uh, you can get on HF on 10 meters and have your technician license. There's a slot there. We're going to talk about it here in just a second. But Keith sent me an email and said, hey, you know, matter of fact, I can talk about 10 meters. I can also talk about the 1010 International Net. And and I had had questions for a very long time. What is 1010? What is 1010 International Net? I, I just couldn't figure it out. Didn't really know what it was. It, it's very interesting. And I think that uh, you're going to really enjoy this program. It's a lot of great information here. So if you're brand new or you know someone who's brand new, they need to listen to this program because 10 meters is an excellent way to get your technician, your friends that are technicians, get them interested in HF so they'll want to go ahead and pursue their general general class license upgrade and get on HF because we all know that's where the fun is. So check it out. Here's our show with Kilo Romeo 7, Romeo Kilo. 
Yeah, here on episode number 49, the Photon Podcast, we've got Keith Schlotman, whose call is Kilo Romeo 7, Romeo Kilo. Uh, he's here to talk with us about 10 meters. Keith, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for dropping in. Yeah, thanks, Kel. I enjoy listening and uh, glad to be on the show. Yeah, well, you know, guys, what you don't know, but I'm going to share with you, uh, Keith actually uh, volunteered himself to come on the program and to share with us today about 10 meters and the 1010 club. And we're going to learn some stuff that, uh, that I've been wanting to know since I got licensed. Uh, but, uh, but first really, uh, 10 meters is a, is a great band to use and we'll talk about it in just a minute. But you know, a lot of times I hear 10 meters is dead. 10 meters is over. Uh, don't even tune to 10 meters. Is 10 meters really dead? No, not even close. Uh, 10 meters is alive and well and uh, has been for many years and will be for many years. Um, uh, you know, just as an example of that, yesterday in the WPX contest, uh, I worked several DX stations right here. Uh, I was running 30 watts into a very, very poor antenna setup because I was in my office working at the time, but I couldn't get away from the radio. And, uh, you know, it, it it really is not dead. There's always opportunities for contacts on 10 meters. Is uh, I like to say 20 meters is my favorite band, but I'm going to assume that maybe 10 meters may be your favorite. I would say 10 meters is my favorite band. It's certainly not my, uh, I'm not exclusively 10 meters. And if you looked at my log over the years, um, I probably do, you know also have more contacts on 20 meters, but but uh, as far as the the joy I get out of operating 10 meters is definitely number one. Well, talking about going back and looking at your log, Keith, give us a little bit of a uh, little bit of back history on you and your amateur radio career. Well, um, when I was a kid, I uh, I wanted to be an amateur radio operator, and I had a little shortwave receiver that my grandfather had uh, given me. But I never never actually got the license. I went through the CB craze in the mid 70s and. Um, had a CB radio in my in my bedroom and stayed up all night talking on the CB radio during that that heyday of CB. But I never actually got my license uh, until I was off into the working world. And uh, in the early '90s, I became aware of uh, 1010 International Net and uh, joined up with that. And so, um, I guess my uh, my amateur radio experience started really before I was licensed. I would tune around and listen to hams and try to understand what they were doing, but it wasn't until I was an adult that I actually got my license. Well, I can appreciate that. I, I resemble that remark, and <laughs> I went through the uh, the second CB phase. Uh, we They were around the, in our cars in the 70s when I was a kid, but when I got my driver's license, uh, I, I guess that we all just went to the closet and got our dad's radios and put them in our cars because it kind of had a resurgence locally. Up and, and it worked great till Nextel came around, and that kind of took the place of CBs. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, we still had a lot of fun with those. Ten meters. Um, the most fun I've ever had on ten meters uh, was in my vehicle driving up and down the interstate uh, over a course of one Saturday on a ten meter contest with just a modified CB radio antenna, and and it was just like the band was on fire, and it was a marvelous time. And to me, that is probably the most fun amateur radio experience I've had up until this point. And, uh, and and I don't know if it was because it was 10 meters. I don't know if it was because I was mobile because I don't have HF in the truck anymore. Uh, but it was just a blast, and the contest was a lot of fun. Everybody was having a good time. Is Is 10 meters like that very often, or does it just kind of come and go? 
Well, it does come and go, but what you're describing is typical of why so many people um, really get a lot of a lot of fun out of ten meters because when it opens up, it it truly opens up, and you can you know people like to say you can work the world with a wet noodle. Um, you don't need <laughs> you really don't need a lot of power, um, as my experience yesterday showed. You know, I was running thirty watts, um, but you also don't need a huge antenna and it's a great band for operating mobile for example or taking out on a with a go kit and uh, setting up in a park or on a mountaintop or something you can you can work the world with a very short antenna um you know a quarter quarter wavelength on 10 meters is less than nine feet long and so it's a great mobile hf band and yes when it opens up um you know hams around the world are ready for that and and uh, you can have just a, a crazy experience with um, rapid-fire QSOs, but you can also have people just chatting away, and uh, it's just a, a lot of fun, and you don't know when that's going to come. You know, we were talking about CBs, and it's really hard to talk about 10 meters and not talk about 11 meters, and this isn't going to be the CB show, guys. This is probably the most we've ever talked about CBs, but mine's up here on the shelf in the box uh, with the packaging and everything, but... Uh, it's really close in frequency, and at one time, actually, 11 meters belonged to the amateur radio band, if I'm not mistaken, the band plan there. But tell us a little bit about what 10 meters really is. Well, so you're, you're absolutely correct. Um, amateur radio used to include 11 meters. Um, the Federal Communications Commission decided to open that up as a non-licensed service and uh, created the Citizens Band, and, and actually that kind of drove the formation of 1010 International Net back in 1962 when some amateurs thought, well, if they're giving away 11 meters, uh, 10 meters could be just around the corner and we better try to promote it and get some activity on it so that we can say, hey, we're using it. So 10 meters uh, these days is 28.0 megahertz all the way up to 29.7 megahertz, in the, at least in the United States, It's a, which is a very wide spectrum, by the way. That's almost very close to twofold megahertz of spectrum, and you don't see that kind of width in the other bands. Um, and that allows, it's, it's almost a free range with all kinds of opportunities for different modes of operation and so on. Yeah, so, you, uh, you could try to dial through with a VFO, and it's, it takes a while to go through 10 meters just spinning that, the knob. <laughs> that's right, yeah, yep. So uh, you, you said band, you, you talk about the band, we talk about the modes. Uh, is it split up like the rest of the bands where there's particular places you, you can use this, but you don't really need to use that kind of a thing? Yes, there is a 10-meter band plan. Um, the ARRL uh, has it on their website. And like most of the HF bands, um, the low, lower frequencies in the range are dedicated to Morse code and digital modes. Um, so in the case of 10 meters from 28.0 up to 28.3 megahertz, you're going you're gonna to be limited to um, uh, CW or RTTY or PSK31 or any of the multitude of digital modes that are out there nowadays. Um, hmm. Once you get to 28.3 and up, then you can use, uh, you can also use phone modes and um, 10 meters is extremely unique because once you get up into the higher end of the band um, you can actually have frequency modulation uh, FM mode operation and you don't see that in the other HF bands um, so the 
the FM modes that we use, say, on 2 meters or 70 centimeters as amateur operators, you can actually use FM on 10 meters as well. And there's even 10-meter repeaters, which are very, they're different in many ways from, uh, from the local repeaters that we're all used to because you can use a 10-meter repeater to talk to somebody completely across the country or even in another country using a repeater. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty awesome stuff. Now, uh, when, I, when I turn the rig on 10 meters, I normally go to 28.4 uh, because that's the calling frequency, isn't it? 28400 is sort of an unofficial calling frequency, yes, and on and, and, uh, voice modes. Um, so you'll find, uh, and, and by the way, in, uh, in 10 meters, normally people will use upper sideband um, unless, unless, of course, you're using the FM on the higher range. But so if, if you're tuning to 28.400, you're probably in the upper sideband mode on your, on your rig. And right. it's very often you'll find people, uh, probably the most common is, is 400 or 28,420 is also very common. Okay. Now I've got friends, uh, and I'm going to call him out on the show cause he's, he's usually about a week late listening to the program. Actually, he called me today and said, I just listened to the uh, the latest program you guys did about Dayton. He was all excited about me going to Hamvention, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but um, I'm going to call William out, Kilo Kilo for Sierra Alpha Echo, because he he's one of my best friends. He's a licensed tech. He now has his own HF rig, and uh, he, he wants to, to use some HF, which, of course, would be for 10 meters is what he could use it on. Um, but he, he's just... Uh, he just hasn't taken the time to get started. What is he missing by not uh, putting that dipole up in his backyard and just getting on the air? Well, so first off, ten meters is uh, does have privileges for all all modes. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> um, ten meters does have privileges for for all classes of licensees in the United States mm-hmm. um, as a. A novice or technician class licensee, you can use from 28.0 all the way to 28.5 megahertz. So that covers the entire CW portion of the band as well as uh, the first first 200 kilohertz of the phone portion. And you can actually run up to 200 watts of uh, PEP. And so what he's missing, I would say, is the magic of HF propagation. And, you know, nowadays we can get on our 2-meter and 70-centimeter HTs and we can use D-Star or Fusion or something. And we can talk to people in other countries. So it's not not so unusual anymore on amateur radio mm-hmm. to to work DX even, even on those bands. But on 10 meters, you can have a direct, you know, simplex conversation with somebody in Argentina or somebody in Japan or somebody in the United Kingdom or Germany. Um, and, and you don't know. And that, there's a magic to that, that sometimes uh, unpredictability is kind of a, something that drives fun. And so I would, I would say <clears throat> that's part of it. And then as you experience that, you also start to learn a little bit more about the ionosphere and and radio in general. So I, I think uh, I would encourage all all classes of licensees to, you know, grab an HF rig um, or even a 10-meter only HF rig and uh, try to get on and, and use that band. Um, it's the only one. It's the only HF band that's opened, completely open on the phone. There's, there's other allocations um, 
for novice and techs in some of the lower bands, but it's only for Morse code operation. 10 meters is the only one that allows phone. Right, right. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come right back with Keith. His call is Kilo Romeo 7, Romeo Kilo, and we're talking 10 meters, uh, his favorite band, and a band I've had a lot of fun on. I'll talk a little bit about some equipment and uh, antennas when we come back. Stick around. We'll be right back here on the Photime Podcast. It works great, and it's gorgeous. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the brand-new Bridgecom Systems BCM 220 mobile radio, full power. Full power, 220 megahertz rig. You can buy it right now from bridgecomsystems.com. Tell them Kel sent you from the Photon Podcast. This thing is sweet. It sounds great. It works flawlessly. The, the manual is in English. It's so easy to read, so easy to program, easy to set up. And um, just, just let them know that you want one, and they'll get you one, right? Bridgecomsystems.com. With Keith Schlotman, Kilo Romeo 7, Romeo Kilo. Keith, again, thank you for coming on the Photime Podcast, and uh, thanks for your support for the Dayton trip as well. Appreciate that. Really do. You yeah. bet. I'm having fun. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I, we, we said as we were going out just a moment ago, we're going to talk equipment and antennas, antenna types for 10 meters. Uh, now, you feel free to correct me because I am wrong a lot, and my wife will attest to that. Uh, but uh, most of the time, that if you want to talk locally or talk around to some of your friends, say in the same town, maybe in the same region, you may try a vertical antenna. Would that be uh, would that be a correct assumption there? Yes. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, vertical antennas actually are, are just fine. And as we mentioned earlier, you know, the, when the band opens up, you don't need much of an antenna. And so uh, even with, you know, it's not so crucial necessarily whether you have a horizontal beam style or a dipole horizontal Mm -hmm. or a vertical antenna and um i've been very successful with with uh short vertical antennas um i know you know you can you can purchase a 10 meter only vertical antenna for a fairly good price um brand new Mm -hmm. what about Um, the uh the hamstick type antennas that you know the guys are using right now for the national parks on the air activations uh, i know that mfj makes a, a 10 meter stick that's probably about seven or eight maybe nine feet tall something like that work okay yeah something like that will work great and you know that's one of the great things again about 10 meters because it it requires a shorter antenna you won't need in, in many cases you don't need any loading coil at all at the bottom um right. so you can have the entire antenna you know full length mm-hmm. um one of the best antennas I ever used mobile was a, a magnetic mount CB radio antenna that I just cut a, a short piece off of the top to make it a little bit shorter because if a CB antenna is properly tuned, it's going to be just slightly longer than a 10-meter antenna. So you get a tuner or a, you know some, some way of testing the SWR, mm-hmm. and you just trim off a, a quarter inch at a time until you get the right SWR. And that, that little magnet... Magmount antenna, it just worked great. When, you know, again, when the band is open, that's all you need. It, right. you know, 25 watts mobile into a Magmount antenna, and you can work the world. Now, uh, a lot of guys, myself included, run the old Antron uh, 899, the old CB Starduster-type antennas. Uh, and, and I've had great success with it on 20 meters as well, which is a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you can find these these older antennas 
uh, on Craigslist or whatnot, you know, somebody getting out of the CB or whatever, you, you can you can get them for twenty five to thirty bucks, and it's a great deal. They'll last forever if they've been in in the in the smallest way maintained. Uh, but these old CB antennas, as you said, you you trim the top down and you and you're ready to go. Yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of the A99. I had one um, for many years that I used kind of as a, a secondary antenna in a location where I had a little beam. Um, of course, the beam is directional, and sometimes you don't know where the band is open to. So I would switch back and forth and use the the vertical to figure out where the openings were coming from. And a lot of times I didn't need to switch back to the beam. I could just work stations off of the vertical. Those those Antron 99, A99 style antennas are very good. Let me ask you this: uh, Do you do you have a, is there a preferred height above ground for a 10 meter antenna of that sort? Oh, uh, you know. I'm actually, uh, <laughs> as I've gone through my uh, my years of licensing with ham radio, I find myself changing my ideas continuously on antenna height. <laughs> and um, in fact, recently I've been playing around a lot with a buddy pole, and I've found that the height above ground with that antenna really doesn't make as much of a difference as I thought it would. Right. Um, and I I remember I had a tower at one point, and somebody convinced me. I needed to go higher, and we added, you know, spent a lot of work to add another 20 feet to the tower, and I don't think it made a bit of difference. So <laughs> I, maybe that's just because of where I am in Arizona, and the ground's uh, practically solid rock anyway. But, I, you know, I, I don't think you need to be very high with your antenna, um, and I'm sure that some of the, the purists out there would probably tell me differently. Um, but I think if it's, if it's the type of antenna that needs a ground plane, just make sure you throw out some some radials, mm-hmm. uh, or you you know you have your car body um, acting as the ground. Um, but again, I, you know you truly can work ten meters. Um, I mean, probably the best example I can give you of that is I have I have a handheld CB radio that was manufactured some years ago, and you could do a little modification, and it would open it up and allow it to work on ten meters and. And um, with that thing in the rubber ducky, I was able to to make contacts. <laughs> well, you so, said a wet noodle would work, so I guess yeah. that's about as close to a wet noodle as you can actually get. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. It's like a coat hanger in or something, anything yeah. metal, and you got an antenna. <laughs> well, ten meters is a lot of fun, and uh, we, we've been talking about that. Keith is uh, he's been a big fan of ten meters for quite a long time. Uh, and and it's a great band because, like you say, when it's open, it's wild. It's a lot of fun. And there's a lot of folks out there who are recently licensed who are looking to uh, get into this HF thing. You know, maybe they don't have twelve hundred, eight nine hundred dollars to buy an HF rig. They can find a nice used Radio Shack made some really nice ones back in the day, as did a couple of other brands. But just a single band ten meter rig is really not hard to come by. And when the time's right, with the with the wet noodle right right there above the ground, you can you can have a lot of fun with it. Would you say? Yeah, I th- I think so. The, if you can find the old uh, the Radio Shack HTX tens, um, they're very good. There's uh, some some rigs called uh, Ranger. I think it was the RC RCI twenty nine fifty, if I remember correctly. Yep. yep, yep. Um, those work pretty well. Nowadays. There are there are manufacturers making ten meter only rigs um, and selling them in truck stops, mm-hmm. and I would you know I would encourage be a little cautious. I saw some the other day that 
they were selling them for like $499. (laughs) And the, uh, it was just very clear that they were really intended to be citizens band radios and and they're just marketing them as 10 meter so they can sell them at higher power. And then somebody's going to clip a diode or something to, to bring them down in frequency. Right. Um, you, you want to be careful with those because those can have some terrible audio, you know, they, they can splatter all over the band. And right. it, um, But yeah, some of the 10 meter only rigs that were out there, even Alinko, um not too long ago was selling a 10 meter only rig. And there's often people at Dayton that are talking about producing 10 meter only rigs. They come by our 1010 booth and, and talk about it and so far I haven't seen a lot of action in that in that regard but right. um, I think there's even some Chinese manufacturers that are talking about 10 meter only rigs so yep. maybe we'll see something new in the in when we go to Dayton this year mm-hmm. <laughs> well cool it's uh, the older Radio Shack rigs I convinced a buddy of mine Andy to buy one of those not too long ago he had a lot of he, he had some success with it I can't say a lot of fun he had some success with it he's, he's now grown up to a, a Yezu 450 Delta and uh, my buddy William uh, stepped up to an IC seven eighteen, but he has my Ranger. And uh, Andy bought the, uh, the the Radio Shack rig at, at a local ham fest. So it's a lot of fun. Ten meters. Um, I had a lot of fun with my old unit in twenty five ten President something or yeah. another. Uh, that was a good one as well. So they're out there, uh, folks. Uh, like you said, there the, you'll you'll find some with you know big bright blue LEDs in it and a big huge channel knob, but you really want to look for something that has a VFO so you can fine-tune the frequency. Um, and, and in addition to that fact, make sure it's made for amateur radio. And, the, and you guys, if you don't know what I'm talking about, send me an email and we'll help you figure out what not to buy because there's a lot of stuff out there that will, will take your money. But there are some good old used rigs on the market for folks who are looking to get into the 10-meter amateur band. Now tell us a little about, since we're, we're talking the... the the uh, the ten meter amateur band. I know that like all bands, the the sun and the sun cycle and the spots they all cause problems for ten meters, just like everything else. But how does that work? And what's like the best time of year, best time of day? Kind of give us the the easy peasy version of what works best on ten meters. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. The sun has a major effect on ten meters. Um, and on the biggest scale is the sunspot cycle. We're currently in what they call cycle 24. Um, there's a, a cycle of about 11 years where the sun gets more active and then it becomes less active. And and that's correlated with the number of sunspots that are on the surface of the sun. And so it, the peak of the last cycle occurred just a couple of years ago in 2013 and now we're on a decline and so there's the the solar activity that you might say helps our ionosphere to to uh, scatter radio waves is is less and and that means the openings on 10 meters are becoming less frequent Um, that however doesn't mean at all that there's no activity it just sometimes changes how far you can get or how often you you know you'll hear the openings Mm -hmm. Um, on a more seasonal scale, uh, you do find changes throughout the year. And in the summertime, for example, um, you get more of what's called sporadic E-openings or E-skip. And that produces shorter distance ionospheric uh, reflections 
that basically the the layer of the ionosphere that reflects the signal is lower, and so it skips your signal for a shorter distance. And so we often get these E openings that allow maybe I'm in Tucson, Arizona, for example, and it might make it easier for me to work somebody in Georgia using sporadic E than it would be when that when the uh, ionosphere is reflecting from a higher level. And in the winter time, um, we tend to have more openings for DX. And so, you know, even uh, recently, some of my friends over farther east yesterday were working into Africa and Europe. I wasn't working Africa and Europe from Arizona. Right. But um, in the, as we go in towards the summer, we'll probably see less of those, those cross-the-pond contacts and more of the within-the-states contacts. But even, um, even with that being said, you just really never know what old soul's going to do tomorrow morning, and it could just get crazy in the ionosphere, and the next thing you know, you're making the contacts over the pond. Yeah, and that's part of the fun of it. I mean, if we wanted it to be 100% predictable, we could just as easily pick up our cell phone or right, something. So right. it's, it, part of the fun is that unpredictability and, and just never, you never know. And there's times when it'll be in the evening and, and you just expect it to be completely quiet for the rest of the night. And, and by the way, the, on 10 meters, most of the time the openings are going to be usually during the daytime, um, maybe early evening. It's not real common to have 10-meter band openings in the middle of the night. That's mm-hmm. when the lower bands like 40 meters and 80 meters become more active. Right, right. Um, but even then, you may find someone running a local net on, who knows, 283875 or something. And, you know, you've, yeah. got a, you've got a group of 25 or 30 locals all banging it out, you know, rag chewing on 10 meters like it was a two-meter repeater. And that's one of the fun things. You know, there are many, many local nets, and you just never know. Sometimes everybody will be sitting around, and all of a sudden somebody pops in from 400 miles away, and they're <laughs> there for 20 minutes, and then they just fade off into the, you know, quiet. And it's just, it, it's fascinating how it works. 10 you know? meters is a cool band, and we're going to keep talking about it here. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about 1010 International. This is one of the questions that I've never asked, but I've always wondered what is it? And we're going to get to that in just a couple of minutes. We'll be back. This is Kale with Keith Schlotman, Kilo Romeo 7, Romeo Kilo, and this is the Photon Podcast. I get asked a lot of questions. One of the most asked questions is, I want to buy a mobile radio. What should I buy? Well, if you don't need these digital modes, if you don't need APRS, if you need just a strong, straight, dual band detachable face mobile radio i'm going to vote for the kenwood tmv 71a every single time i've got one in the van i wish i had one in my wife's car the house the shack my truck i've got a lot of places to put them i've just got to figure out where to fund them but they're an amazing rig probably one of the easiest rigs i've used but and one of the best things about it is the crossband repeat down here in the farm i live way out guys if you don't know that i live way out and getting to our local repeater, which is a phenomenal machine, takes a little bit of extra help, especially on UHF. So I can use my handy talkies here on the farm with the crossband repeat from the van with the Kenwood TMV 71 Alpha and get in the repeater full quieting. Works like a champ. That's just one of the great features of the radio. Trust me, if you're looking for a really, really nice dual band, attachable face, high power mobile rig, look no further than the Kenwood TMV 71 Alpha at MTC Radio. 
Back with uh, Keith Slotman, who is Kilo Romeo 7, Romeo Kilo. He's out in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, we've been talking about 10 meters. And we're going to continue to talk about 10 meters. But we're going to talk about one of the questions I've always had uh, as a member of ARRL. You get the QST magazines. And you see in the in the back of the magazine the advertisement for the 1010 International Net. And, um, you know, they've got a little picture there. I've seen it, I don't know how many times. And I've always wondered... What is that? You know, sign up and get your get your ID number. And I'm thinking, is this like a do you get a decoder ring? Is it one of those? <laughs> co- yeah, I didn't know. And and I've just never even asked any of my owners or really even had a conversation with anyone about it. So thank you for coming on with us. But really, what is the 1010 International Net? OK, well, so again, if it formed in um, 1962, actually, and really was intended to promote the use of 10 meters and kind of a uh, subset of that was, was to protect the band so that the FCC wouldn't give it away and make it part of the citizens band. And some of the, the guys out in Southern California got together and they would, they had a, um, a net that they, on 10 meters that they met every, every uh, morning at 11 a.m. Um, I'm sorry, at 10 a.m. in Southern California. And they would say, see you on 10 at 10. Hmm. And it kind of evolved into 10, 10. And one day they decided we're going to get, you know, formalize this. And so they actually formed a nonprofit corporation and they got a a hat and put a bunch of numbers in it. And they sat around in a park and drew out numbers and said, okay, you're number one, you're number two, you're number three. And um, part of what 1010 does is when somebody joins, they issue you a number, which is good forever for you only. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, we don't, repeat numbers people can't request vanity numbers it's just uh sequentially you know issued numbers um we're currently almost we're only a couple of numbers off from number 77,500 wow that has been issued um and we have members all over the world there's some very active uh members in other countries uh and of course quite a few numbers here in uh, in the United States and and it's a uh, it's inexpensive. You can join ten ten for ten dollars. Uh, and a lot of tens here. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> and there's other options. There's actually yeah. you know we we have a newsletter. There's a 32 page um, quarterly newsletter, just packed with information about ten meters activity on ten uh, awards and things like that. Um, and if you want a paper copy, then the dues are actually fifteen dollars. But if you want it electronic, it's ten. So we we try to keep it very affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's a group of you know people who are really really enjoying ten meters. And some people join just to get their number and then don't bother renewing ever again. And other people stay very active. And some people like myself are life members of ten ten. Um, back in I think it was ni- nineteen ninety two. They were looking for a treasurer, and I'm a I'm a CPA, and I volunteered to to become the treasurer, and um, and I have been treasurer ever since for 1010 <laughs> International. So I've watched uh, through the years some changes, and and I think uh, very positive changes. We have a, a very active, healthy club, and um, uh, you know we go to conventions and ham fests all around the country. We'll be at Dayton with a booth there, Excellent. and. But we still have every day, never on Sunday, but uh, Monday through Saturday, we have a daily net, and there's actually two nets. There's one on 28 
800 and another one on 28380. And uh, they're both uh, phone nets. We also have some CW nets and different other activities. Um, there's local chapters, and a lot of the local chapters have, have nets at a local level. And uh, we have many CUSO parties. The CUSO parties are like contests, and they're, but they're very casual contests. And so if you tune up on 10 meters, for example, our next, next CUSO party will be April 23rd and 24th that weekend. Um, that's our spring digital party. And so for people who are interested in things like PSK 31, um, you can get on and uh, make contacts and trade trade numbers. And that's one of the, the basic activities of 1010 is exchanging our numbers with each other. So when I, when I have a QSO with somebody on 10 meters, I will tell them my 1010 number is 63324. And they will give me their number and then we'll record those and that you know, can be used towards different awards or, or for the parties. But oftentimes people in those, in those uh, CUSO parties, we don't call them contests because they are kind of casual. And a lot of times you'll run into a friend and next thing you know, you're chatting for half an hour. So, <laughs> and that's just fine. You know, it's, it's all about getting people on the air and, and having fun on 10 meters. Right. And we the, also have, give, give us I'm that sorry. date one more time for the, uh, the next CUSO party you guys are having. So the, the digital one is April 23rd to 24th. Um, our, uh, the next Morse code, CW1, will be May 7th to 8th. And then um, we have a, f- a few various ones. There's June and July. Um, the next official phone uh, upper sideband QSO party would be August 6th to 7th. And all of these, they're open to everybody. You don't have to be a 1010 member to um, to play, so mm-hmm. to speak. But, but uh, if you want to try to get an award... You know, to be placed first place or something, uh, yeah. you're supposed to be current. Um, now, if if I'm if I'm not a member and I hear one of these ten ten QSO parties coming in, and, and I I make the contact, the guy's going to give me his number. What what is the most polite way for me to say I'm sorry I'm I'm not a member of the ten ten international? Um, pretty much, that's you just say I'm I'm not a member, and okay. uh, you'll what you'll find is that they're all very happy anyway to to talk to you. And cool. some of them, in fact, the way I became a member back in in whenever it was, uh, I was in a QSO party, and I told the gentleman I'm I'm not a member, and he actually um, went out of his way and sent me a package full of old newsletters so I could find out what it was all about. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and the uh, spirit of ham radio. Exactly. Yes. And uh, nowadays, you know, what we normally would do is is encourage people to go look at the website, which is uh, just www.10-10.org. Okay. And you can either spell that out, T-E-N-T-E-N, or you can use the numbers 10-10. Very good. Very good. And, now, but you, you guys have the parties. You also do awards, uh, scholarships, QSL Bureau. Tell us a little bit about some of that other stuff you guys do. Yeah, we have all kinds of awards, like, you know, worked all states, but, but this would be a version where you work somebody with a 1010 number in every state. Um, just, you know, very, pretty much uh, kind of correlates to a lot of the other types of awards that you see. We also have something called the Bar Award. Once you've worked 500 um, numbers, you can submit a log and, and you'll receive a kind of a new number it's not a it doesn't replace the other number but it's called the bar number Ah. 
Um, we have things like the OMXYL award. If you work uh, teams of husbands and wives who are both licensed and both members, you get, uh, you know, that's a, that's kind of a tough one because there's not a lot of those. Teams, Tell me about but, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to convince this one over here. <laughs> we have a DX award and there's a mobile award. Um, we, uh, something new that we've, uh, established just this year is the scouts award and we're so we're in trying to encourage uh you know some of the boy scouts and girl scouts to to get on the air as well as the leaders and so there's um, a tie-in there we have a scholarship program uh, a lot of the members are we we learned were very interested in supporting the young people and um so every year we give away and we've done this now for probably 20 some years uh but we give currently it's a six thousand dollars a year scholarship that we that we give away to some uh, some worthy students who are in need of a little assistance there. That is awesome. Um, do you guys do you guys do anything with school clubs? You you have any, or is that more of on a local level? Yeah, we don't directly with school clubs, but I'm sure if uh, if somebody wanted some help or or uh, yeah, I'm sure we we've got members that would gladly help out um right. very cool very cool. I, I think i'm convinced i, ne- I didn't <laughs> even know what it was and now i want to sign up I, and i'm being serious i'm not just saying it because you're on the on the show here with me i mean it sounds very interesting uh you know it's easy with a 10 meter antenna sitting here waiting to be used just to turn on the 10 meters on the on the old kenwood and and just call i mean wow mm-hmm. yeah i'm 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 gonna join well what i you know what i tell people is um it, if you're an amateur radio operator, uh, you know, amateur radio is a service and we're here to to provide a service to the public. We're also allowed to enjoy our hobby and um, and we also should be trying to help our hobby from within and that in, means supporting things like your podcast and the ARRL and the manufacturers who provide equipment to us and and other organizations. And so, you know, sometimes... I'll tell people, you may not be a gung-ho, 10 meters is everything in your life, but it's still worth supporting because when it comes down to it, we're kind of a family that needs to take care of each other and make sure that that the the hobby continues to exist and thrive. And the best way to do that is to support. And so it's a, you know, for 10 or $15 uh, dues, it's it's a pretty simple way of, of being involved. And then when you get on 10 meters and somebody's looking for that number, you, you're helping them out if you have one that you can give to them. Um, so even if you're not going to go all in mm-hmm. and become a 10-10 fanatic, it's still good to have that number and uh, right. and be able to share it when people are looking for it. I'm going to get me a number. I may have a number <laughs> well, before me, the I may have a number before the podcast post. All right. So, I can well, share so let me, Kale, let me tell you a little bit about getting a number because okay. I'm, I'm guessing some people would would uh, find this a little bit interesting. Um, to become a member of 1010, you actually have to work 10 members of 1010. You have to collect 10 numbers. And so on the website or in our newsletter, um, and oftentimes at HamFest and at Dayton, we hand out free copies of the news. Right. Um, but you'll see a little log where you record those 10 people that you've worked. Um, and so... You, it's not because we're trying to create a barrier to entry into the organization, um, but it's been this way since day one, which 
in a sense, should tell you a little bit about 10 meters itself because every one of those 77,500 members, except for the original 20 or so who had already been doing it anyway, but every one of the members has gone through the process of working 10 members, which means there's activity on 10 meters to collect those numbers. There has not been a single month um, since I've been treasurer that we haven't collected a number of new members applications. Um, in other words, there's never a month where there's just no activity and, and people can't collect those numbers. So somebody, if somebody is motivated uh, to join 1010, they will get those numbers. And you can get them locally. You can even, it's completely legitimate to put, you know, one, one side of the parking lot, a mobile rig, and the other side of the parking lot, another mobile <laughs> rig, and have people get together and swap numbers so you can make your log. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that done. Um, well, I saw, but, that on the, I saw that on the application or, you know, the, the membership button there. And I was like, well, really? I, I'll have to ask that. And thank you for ask, answering because I was, I was getting, getting ready to ask that. But, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like, well, why do we have to take a test to become an amateur radio? Well, we want to make sure that you have at least enough desire to, to pass a 35-question nearly open book test. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not asking too much. And mm-hmm. if you've got the equipment, you should be able to make 10 contacts on 10 meters, surely. Well, and and uh, to be honest with you, if you go during a contest weekend, which, again, those dates of the, the CUSO parties are always uh, listed on our website. Uh, and I'd encourage people to go and browse through the website. But you can easily collect your 10 numbers just in that way, you know, right. in, in working that CUSO party. And and if you if it's not during one of those times you're on ten meters you're trying to get your ten numbers, uh, I don't guess folks will be too offended if you say, "Hey, would you happen to be a member of ten ten? That's correct. Probably yep. hear that a lot, I'd guess. I do. Yeah, yeah. You, you hear that pretty often um, from people who are working on it. Or what about uh, CQ ten ten? I mean, would would that be appropriate? Well, yes, it, it is. Um, there's many people that do call CQ 1010. So if you're tuning around 10 meters, you're likely to hear somebody saying CQ 1010. Um, We try to be a little careful about that um, because we don't want people to feel like, you know, we don't want anybody thinking they don't want to talk to me because I'm not a 1010 member. I got you. This is not an exclusive club and we're not snobs. And, um, and unfortunately, like, you know, anytime you get 77,000 people, you're going to get, somebody that doesn't really play with the with the crowd and and uh so you know if anybody ever runs into somebody who's like well you don't have a 10 10 number i don't really want to talk to you just understand that is that's not at all what we promote that's and, uh, them not you as a whole yeah, yeah. right, right. Well, cool let's come back in just a second i want to talk about uh, how to get the most out of working on 10 meters it's been a great conversation so far i've learned a lot i have now decided i'm going to become to the best of my ability a uh, an official 10 10 an international net member uh, and I've got a radio right here that can help me do that but we'll be back in just a minute we're going to continue the conversation with Keith who is Kilo Romeo 7 Romeo Kilo back in just a moment alright so I'm pretty much covered when it comes to 220 now and that's all thanks to bridgecomsystems.com just a few years ago our local club ordered the Bridgecom Systems 220 repeater works flawlessly we're having great service out of it not too long ago, I got the new Bridgecom Systems Handy Talkie, 220 megahertz, single band, full power. It's a awesome little handheld. The English language 
non-translated written in English manuals really help a lot. It's a great rig. Check it out. Also, they have their brand new mobile radio, the BCM220. You can order it right now, bridgecomsystems.com. You're looking to get into 220 megahertz. Bridgecomsystems.com is the place to go. Back with Keith Slotman. His uh, his call is Kilo Romeo 7, Romeo Kilo. Keith has uh, been a listener of the Photon Podcast for some time. Thank you, Keith, for listening. Uh, he, he's also a supporter uh, of the show, and he's going to be at Dayton this year with 1010 International Net, along with me. We'll talk about that in the close here in just a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, totally excited, man. Stoked about it. And uh, 1010 International Net will have a booth at Dayton. Will 1010 International Net have a booth at Dayton with an operating 10-meter station in it? You know, uh, Kel, we will not have a station there. Um, and the reason I, I say that, I you never know. It could pop up. But... I will tell you, and I think maybe one of your previous, in, in your previous episode, somebody maybe mentioned this. Um, the RF environment in Dayton is pretty much the uh, noisiest, worst <laughs> RF environment you could possibly imagine. And right. trying, to, uh, trying to actually operate a radio inside the exhibit hall where we'll be um, is, is next to impossible. It, 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 you know, even a lot of HTs, just can't handle the the intermod that's going on and stuff so um and it's very loud there's so many people and so historically we have not attempted to uh to set up a station right that doesn't mean i haven't thought about it <laughs> many times because i've thought you know imagine if we just put a little sign up and said instant qualifying right here on the spot yeah, you yeah. can you know we'll get it set up a station across the hall and work back and forth and uh, people can collect their numbers right there on the spot two stations so, two dummy loads and you're ready to go yeah i you know maybe i maybe we'll work something out um mm. 10 element beams you never know i mean come on, you know. <laughs> i think a little something like an 817 and a and a uh, mp1 would probably be just fine the, again the problem is that just the RF it's just loud. Yeah, yeah 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 well we, we we do trade shows as well my wife and i with her book my wife has a book and uh, e- even that man, it's insane. <laughs> it's for hairdressers, hairdressers, the beauty industry, and whatnot. And you know, it's just loud techno music. Yeah, you just kind of you go home tired from listening to everything going on around you. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about ten meters. Uh, if somebody wants to get on ten meters tomorrow and and make a contact, what's the best thing for them to do? So, you know, the first thing that I will say is if everybody is listening and nobody's talking, it's going to sound like the band is dead. Mm. And so one of, the, one of the most important things you can do to get 10 meters active is to call CQ. Um, you just mentioned a minute ago, you know, calling CQ 1010. Mm-hmm. You'll hear people saying that, but, you know, CQ 10 meters, uh, just CQ for five minutes and then unkey and see who's you know however whatever floats your boat on calling cq but the main point is if nobody's putting out a signal then we're all going to think there's nobody out there and it could be there's a thousand people and we're all listening that's probably how a lot of repeaters two meter repeaters are these days you know nobody wants to talk everybody's listening and wondering why nobody's Nobody's talking talking. let me ask you this uh is is there preferred digital modes on 10 meters RTTT, RTTY, PSK 31 CW? Is that about the the top of the top of the heap there? I th- yeah, those three are the most common, and I would even subdivide that into um, 
you know, CW is is probably the more experienced um, ham operators. Although we've had a huge resurgence in CW, um, especially because of computer generated code. And if you have a good software program that can generate and decode CW, you really don't even need to be an expert in you know paddling and and uh, decoding it. You can let the computer do that. And so there's a lot of uh, CW. CW, by the way. Oftentimes we'll get through when when the band isn't quite as good. It, CW will be easier than phone to work. Okay. Um, digital modes PSK thirty one, and I would say the the place to hang out for the the PSK thirty one digital mode is is twenty eight point zero seven zero. Um, so on okay. uh, if you if you tune up to twenty eight point zero seven zero megahertz and um, and set your your uh, thing to PSK31 mode, whatever your system you're using, you're very likely to see some signals there. Cool. Um, the RTTY tends to really only come out either during contests or de-expeditions. For some reason, the de-expeditions favor RTTY for their digital mode operating. Um, and, you know, interestingly enough, um, de-expeditions will pop up on 10 meters, even though everybody else thinks the band is completely dead. And, uh, you know, an example of that, I, on, back in uh, January, I worked the Kilo 5 Papa, uh, Palmyra, and Jarvis Island de-expedition on 10 meters. Um, nice. And it was on a day when, you know, if you look on some of the propagation prediction things, it said the band is poor. The conditions are poor on 10 meters. And, every you know, there's... yeah. Nobody's spotting anything. Well, I tuned around and here they are calling CQ. And <laughs> so, anyway, but <laughs> uh, yes, RTTY, PSK31, and CW. Okay. All right. Beacons. We've never really talked about beacons at all on this program. But uh, tell us just a little bit about 10 meter beacons and where we can find some of those. Yeah. So, the beacon subband in 10 meters is all the way from 28.20 to 28.30 megahertz you don't normally find beacons quite up towards the top end of that range but down around 28.200 there are there's quite a few actually people have put up these beacons and what those are is there's stations think of it like a lighthouse there's a a station sending morse code um, on maybe every you know two minutes they'll send out their call sign and you can actually go and find the, you know, if you just Google 10-meter beacons, you'll find lists of, of these things. And so you can listen and you can actually figure out where the propagation is working and not working by which beacons you're hearing. Um, I've actually seen posts on Facebook where guys will say, you know, I'm hearing the beacons, but nobody's on the band. The band's, in other words, the band is open, but nobody Nobody's thinks talking. it's open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, that's kind of unusual. There's not, you don't find beacons normally on, on other bands uh, very often, but um, 10 meters, is, there's a pretty active network of beacons. Some of them are very sophisticated. They'll, they'll do a directional beacon and move it around like every minute. They'll go point a different direction. And, and so depending on which minute you're hearing them, you'll know, you know, where they're coming from. But... Um, it's a, it's, yeah, it's a very unusual thing, but it's a good way. So sometimes if people don't know about beacons and you're tuning around the band in that zone, 
you may actually think that there's somebody operating and you know, you'll hear this call sign and you're like, oh, are they calling CQ or, you know, how come I'm <laughs> returning their call and they're not responding to right. me? Um, so it's good to be aware that, that there is this beacon subband and, and that's literally, they're just automated, um, their lighthouses on the air. And anybody can put one of those up. This is a licensed amateur. That's correct. Yeah. Even a, a technician, as long as they stay within the, the, the band power band. limitations. Right. Um, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So we got QS part, QSO parties coming up uh, along with contest weekends. Contests are always a good chance just to get on 10 meters uh, and see if anybody's there. 10 meter contest is an especially awesome time to get on 10 meters and have a lot of fun as well. Uh, and you mentioned the D-Expeditions. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just on the contest, by the way, the, the ARRL 10 meter contest is one of the, the top, you know, people love that contest. It's a, it's a trip, man. And it's, that's not a ten ten thing. That's a you know, but I love that contest, and and everybody does. And, and it's every time it happens, the band magically opens up, and you say, well, what, you know, is it just because there's so much RF going into the into the air that it's like creating its own ionosphere or something? <laughs> it's warming it, guys. It's warming it. <laughs> but again, you know, contests prove, and it just like the WPX contest that was this this past weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, suddenly there's signals coming, you know, I'm working Maryland and Argentina and Virgin Islands. And it's like, how come these guys weren't here two days ago? Right. And it's not because the band just happens to coincide with contests. It's because nobody's trying. So great time to work people is on contest weekends. The D-Expeditions, you know, they try very hard. I I just looked, uh, there was a D-Expedition to South Sandwich and South Georgia Islands, uh, I think it was last month, maybe a, a, maybe it was two months ago, but not too long ago, you know, the VP8 STI, VP8 SGI D expeditions. And so I went and looked in just out of curiosity and the, the South Sandwich one, which was one that they basically shut down early because of weather. Um, but, you know, they still made a couple thousand 10-meter uh, contacts. Wow. Wow. And uh, it, it's just, it's very common to, uh, you know, the expeditions somehow, again, they just open up the band and uh, people start talking. Mm-hmm. So uh, we talked about the beacons. Uh, I know that you can go to any number of websites, including 1010, 10-10.org and see the band condition report tab there. The, is that the best way to kind of halfway determine if the band's working that day or not? You know, I, 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 we're in a period right now in amateur radio that is like never before in terms of information. And there's, there's so much data out there. And some of it is useful and some of it's maybe not so useful. So I encourage people to try multiple sources. So certainly those condition indicators are, they're interesting and it's, you know, it's good to watch those and start developing the trend. Uh-huh. But I also encourage, like, first of all, just looking on a DX pack, you know, a DX cluster, which is a like a scrolling list of people that are reporting some of the long distance contacts that they're making. So let's say, for example, if I work somebody in, um, oh, I don't know, there was a station this morning in Iraq that was operating actually, and I I didn't work them, but let's say, suppose I had worked them, I might say, hey, I bet other people nearby would want to work that station also yeah 
And so I'll post a, a little thing on this scrolling cluster list that says there's a station in Iraq. It tells his call sign and what frequency he's on. And then people can go tune to that and try to work them. And if you watch that cluster, you can actually filter it and say, show me only the 10-meter spots. Ah. And that will give you an idea. If you start looking at those spots, you realize, well, hey, everybody who's posting a spot right now is from, you know, three land and four land. And I'm in seven land, so I'm, I'm probably not going to be able to work those. Right. Um, but, it, you know, or maybe you see everybody who's posting is in Russia and, you know, the band hasn't moved over to the States yet. So. And when in doubt, you can always just turn the big knob. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is the number one way. Absolutely. Yeah. I've never used um, a cluster. I, I don't get a lot of time on HF anyway, but uh, without the internet up here, it does me no good. So, you know, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm old school, don't even know it. You know? Yeah. I'm well, just a big knob fine. guy. I mean, some, and in some ways, it's more fun to, you know, again, it's the easier you make things, the less magical it becomes. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, and speaking of magic, uh, amateur radio is all about the magic of radio. And, and we've been talking about the magic of 10 meters and how many, uh, how many things are out there for, um, for everybody, including the technicians who sometimes forget that they have HF privileges on many bands, but they have voice privileges on 10 meters. So again, if you're a newly licensed ham, you haven't got your general upgrade yet. Uh, don't, don't, don't worry. You can get on and enjoy HF. You spend about 10 minutes when 10 meters is open. Uh, you'll be dying to get your general upgrade so you can enjoy all the bands, yeah. uh, to some extent. So, uh, don't write 10 meters off. It's a, it's a great band. It's a lot of fun. And uh, if you think that you're interested, we want to encourage you. I, I'm going to go join uh, as soon as I can get these these ten connections. I'm going to put my application in. I guess I should say for the ten uh, ten international net. Tell us again where to find that and um, anything else we may need to know about ten ten dot org. Yeah, so the website is t e n dash t e n dot org. Just ten dash ten dot org. Um, you know, again, it's it, the organization has been in existence now i guess 54 years um it's uh it's one of the largest amateur radio organizations in the world period um and it it's uh, thriving we're very very healthy organization because we're very conservative and just uh um we we want want to continue focusing on the the main priority which is to promote 10 meters um if you're going to be in dayton i would encourage you Stop by the booth, say hi. You'll meet some of the some of the officers and directors, and you can um, tell us uh, what we can do to make make ten meters better for everybody. Um, we can't salt the ionosphere, but other than that, we'll do what we can. <laughs> yeah, well, the uh, North Koreans wanted to help us with that, but uh, <laughs> no thanks, guys. No thanks. <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate you being on, Keith. I've learned a lot. Like I said, I, I had had those questions since I've got licensed, even before. I just had no idea what it was. Uh, but it really sounds like something that could uh, could help you get some contacts made and, and be a part of a greater, larger group of folks who are out there working to continue and improve the hobby. And that's exactly what we try to do here on the show. So thank you. Thank you for your service to the club. And again, your time uh, here with us and your support of the program as well. It's uh, Keith Schlotman. His call is Kilo Romeo 7 Romeo Kilo. And uh, Keith... Uh, I can't say a whole lot past thank you. And uh, I know it's a dry, hot, it's a dry heat 
but it still gets hot out there, so be careful this summer as it comes up. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity, Kale. I'm looking forward to seeing you up in Dayton and uh, also uh, working you on 10 meters and swapping a 1010 number with you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Keith. We'll have him back on again, I'm sure, to uh, continue to help us get educated here on 10 meters. Who knows? It it might even go crazy this summer. We need to get get him back in here to, uh, to help us with that. Well, there you go, folks. Is there anything about 10 meters that you still don't know? Because if there is, we may need to have Keith in. But I think we covered it very plainly. Here's the thing. If you're a tech, find you a 10-meter rig. Find you an HF rig. Get on the air. You need to get your general anyway, but 10 meters is a great place to start. Got some contesting coming up in the into the summer. 10 meters is a lot of fun, and it's a load of fun like we've been talking about when it's open. So make sure you check it out. Check out the 1010 International Net group as well. We'll have all the links to what we talked about on the program in our show notes page, photimepodcast.com. Again, this is episode number 49. That means the next one is going to be 50. Now, I still want to do it live. I really, really want to do it live. And I'm thinking somewhere around the 14th, 15th, 16th, or 17th of April, we may try to do a live program one evening. Maybe that's Sunday evening. I I think that may be the 16th of April. I can't remember. And I, I should have already looked that up. And it would be the 17th of April. So that's kind of what I'm shooting for. I don't know if it'll happen, but you'll have to be following us on social media, the Facebook group, the Facebook pages, our website, Twitter. Uh, we're there. Google+. Plus. We will be posting updates, and if you can participate live, of course, that would be awesome. But if you can, of course, we'll have the, the podcast posted on that following Wednesday like we always do. So make sure you're following us, you're tracking with us, maybe checking Periscope every once in a while when Kel puts his face up there that you don't want to see but that's okay anyway 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 we thank you for listening we appreciate you participating with us again thank you for those that gave funded the campaign 211 percent i'm just completely humbled and i cannot wait to shake your hand at the dayton convention and say thank you and um until next time guys we'll, we'll just do it we'll we'll let you know what we're doing we'll, we'll let you know what we're doing for episode 50 it's coming up we're excited about it and hope you are too until next time guys 73 and god bless you see you Thanks for listening, downloading, and subscribing to Photime, the other ham radio podcast presented by mtcradio.com. To subscribe, comment, share, or review, visit our show site at photimepodcast.com. Till next time, 73, y'all.